The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Cornwall Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been three, four, counted five long weeks. We are back on the Corner Booth podcast. It is back. I actually did a show with Subi that was never actually released because I never had time to release it. You know what? If we have a makeup date, I might do that. So shout out to Subi for doing that shit. But boys, we're back. NFL season is back. College football season is around the corner. The MLB trade deadline is going down tomorrow. My fucking Diamondbacks got off the ass and made a move. Now, did, did uh, Mason's Astros make a move? I'm not sure yet. He's shaking his head. But the full crew is here. Joining me, of course, from his basement in, uh, on the Connecticut shore, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Ardazzo. And, of course, from his apartment somewhere in, in the, in the uh, Midwest, ladies and gentlemen, Mason Rutsch. And, of course, my glass of Basil Hayden. Cheers, gentlemen. It's time for Bourbon Monday. Football is back, and so is Dak Prescott. Barstool Sports tweeting out Dak is throwing dimes to defensive backs in practice. So full swing. Full swing ahead. Mm. You mean to tell me uh, Brandon Cooks was was not an upgrade over Amari Cooper in that offense? I couldn't tell you. I don't know, man. It's... This whole thing is just fucking weird because it doesn't feel the training camp's here, but now we're losing guys to injury. We've got uh, Tony Paul, Ron, Ron, Ronnie Jones is suspended, so now the only running back, I think, on the roster besides um, Tony Pollard is Deuce Vaughn um, and, like, a couple of practice squad guys. You've got players going down, like we talked about on Thursday with DJ and, um, and Duck. And now to throw that all into it, we have the most fucking bizarre scenario. I want to talk Jonathan Taylor first because this dude is also my starting running back for my fantasy team. I took a gamble taking him in the second round because I said, you know what? He's going to have a bounce back here. There's no way the Colts can fuck this up. So Marseille goes, all right, brother, give me a second. Let's do this. He said, hold my beer, and let me just I tell the world that he does not matter. racist or derogatory or just demeaning shit he said to Jonathan Taylor. I want to be a fly on that wall. It may have not been right. He said something that was just demeaning to Jonathan and that fucking party bus is because he left. He goes, I want to fucking trade. Get me the fuck out of here. Well, speaking of, I mean, Ursay, this is very off topic. He did not age well. Like, I saw a, I saw a, or a clip of when he had the press conference when they were trading Peyton Manning to the Broncos like 10 years ago, and then you just mm-hmm. fast forward to now. He, oh, man, he looks like he's like a couple years away from having to go into one of those uh, assisted living homes. And he's also senile, obviously. Clearly, because he's about to trade. The only piece that's going to help his team not lose 16 He games. was like, I could die tomorrow and... Jonathan Taylor will be out of the league, and the, it, everything will just move on, and we'll be fine. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, you're correct. The NFL will still go, but like, you, you, you're talking about arguably one of the best running backs in the entire NFL, and the heart of your offense. And uh, you're you're talking down as if this is just like some freaking third third string scrub. Fair enough. All right, Mace, what's your thoughts on the JT saga so far? Before I actually break it down He's... for everybody. He's uh, he's stuck. Oh no! All right. Well, he looks well, like a, tries to looks figure like out Sheen. His, yeah. Well, well, uh, Mace tries to figure out his internet connection because you know it's a bitch out there. I'm gonna go to our friend Ari Mirov. Okay, by the way, if you want the best updated sports anything for NFL, this is your dude. I follow him. More, the only there's only three people I have on notification: Jet Passen, Ian Rapport. And Ari Mirov. Nobody else has notifications. Eh, belly of sports, that's kind of a company policy thing. Uh, literally. All right, so Ari actually broke it down in a timeline of what's happening with Jonathan Taylor. Oh, by the way, Zach Moss broke his arm today. So now yep. they have no running backs that are 
pro starting caliber. So I don't know if this is a call for Leonard Fournette they got to make or what. They're like just really bucking for the crew right now. And I'm trying to pull this up. Other updates right now. Uh, Mason's actually joining us from a different screen. Let's try this again. There he is. All right, Mace, before I'm I back. look at the line of the Jonathan Taylor saga, what are your thoughts? Zach Moss is already down. What's What, what are your thoughts on the Colts running back situation right now? Because this is just the best drama we needed to start a Monday. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the, the Colts, the, the thing about it is, is by drafting Anthony Richardson, you know, you kind of set yourself up to not really be a playoff contender. Um, and so – you know, maybe trading a guy like Jonathan Taylor isn't the isn't the worst reality in the world. Um, you know, he's had one good year. Last year was was incredibly disappointing, not only to Colts fans but just fantasy owners that had him. Um, and I mean, in, in a way, I I kind of do agree with Jim Irsay. Um, You know, I think he is. You know, th- this is this is his sort of, for lack of better words, just kind of, if he doesn't prove himself this year, he's probably not going to get an extension. Someone's probably going to end up signing him and taking a flyer on him, but there's no way the Colts re-sign him after he's his He's getting a Miles deal. Sanders contract at best. Exactly, on a crummy team, on a crummy team. Uh, maybe a, a fringe playoff contender. So, you know, maybe um, – Maybe these words kind of fire up Jonathan Taylor, and he has a nice year. Who knows? And then, and then Jim Irsay's back at square one because Taylor still remembers what he told him prior to the season starting, and he's just like, "Yeah, absolutely not. There's no way I'm signing an extension. I'm going to go get paid somewhere else." But either way, I think it's interesting. Uh, the Colts aren't going anywhere this year. They're a they're a five win team at the absolute max, maybe six. I haven't looked at their schedule, but, um, you know, I think at, at this moment in time, I think the Texans are a better team than the Colts. Oh, yeah, I know. The Colts are the worst team in football right now besides the Cardinals. If yeah. they drag Jonathan Taylor, their season's fucked. They're fine. Right, and, and the only reason that the Cardinals are in a crummy spot is because their, you know, former number one overall pick is probably going to miss half the season. Well, I could go into three other reasons why the Cardinals are asked. Their best defensive player wants to get traded. Their head coach is a fucking moron, and their and quarterback their best, is more about Call of Duty than he does and, football. And their best, you know, receiver is is Hollywood Brown. So, um, yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, with the Colts, it's I don't know. I mean, they they're, they're kind of in a spot where they can kind of do anything, um, and and really, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter if you blow the whole thing up and move Taylor and get a nice return and just. Wait it out until Anthony Richardson um, is kind of ready to be that guy, or or not. You know, you can hold on to him and maybe get an All Pro caliber running back and uh, train him at the deadline high. And you know, who knows? I think they've got a lot of options. I think so, Jonathan Taylor is is definitely way out of line, though. I mean, I don't know if you what you guys said, but. That's that's my. Oh, I'm take, I'm on Jonathan Taylor's side in this one. I mean, dude, he what has he proven? He, okay, he's had so one here's the thing: last year he tried to play through injury, got hurt more, had to set the rest of the season, and then this is the shady shit. I was on the fence until, like, they're talking about the uh, non-football injury list when he tweets out multiple times, "I never had back pain, never right. reported back pain." Who the hell are these sources? And if the Colts, honestly, he may have grounds for a fucking lawsuit if they try to put him on the NFI list. Because that means they cost him an entire year's contract. They could just kick it down the road one year. And the, the fact of the matter is, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, I'm sitting there like, y'all are tanking. You're not. I asked if for an extension because I want to be taken care of. So this whole Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard thing doesn't happen to me. I ran for the, probably the 10th most rushing yards in the last 20 years, two years ago. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, I am pissed off. He played for that against with that ass team last year. That team was fucking terrible. And here's the, the best part about all of this, right, is that he is so valuable when he's healthy. That team is a 5-7 to seven win team with him in the lineup. I, see, Without him I, in the I lineup, 
is a one. They are a one-win team. I, I, I don't know if you can say that though. I really now now after this year, after this year, if he if he goes off and he picks up where he left off at the end of the 2021 season, you can go ahead and say that. But I think oh, you know I'm old enough to remember guys like Steve Slate, who've had amazing one-off years and then come back have you know a little bit of a shaky sort of injury kind of riddled Steve season. Slate was a weird case because Aaron Foster had that one monster game after he had a rough start and it was just like he was an afterthought. And I, I I I just I this all this running back news just makes me want to know what happened on that infamous Zoom call about a week and a half ago, man. That all of I'm sure you guys heard about this, right? Oh, the all of the elite oh, yeah. running backs minus yes. JK Dobbins. Yes. Exactly, Matt. <laughs> You know, keyword elite. Uh, let's keep that in mind. Um, you know, oh, I know my going. Eagles running backs weren't there. They're both on one-year fucking deals. They're just happy to be there. Uh, that was so funny. I saw his name pop up. I'm like, what is this man doing? Yeah. He's <laughs> he's played a full season of games in three years. Yeah. J.K. Dobbins' knees have to look like what Swiss cheese looks like. Um, I, I just back JT only because I've never been the biggest Jim Irsay guy. I don't care how many times Pat McAfee tries to get me to like him. I, I can't because just everything he's done, that Colts organization, is just – it's almost like he's a meme. And then the way he's handled the, the quotes and everything, usually I'm more leaning towards the owner in certain stages. I want players to get paid, obviously, but if players are acting like idiots, I will, I'll lean owner. The problem is it was neutral for me until Irsay started saying some dumb shit. And then they started doing this shit with the non-football injury because I heard nothing about this back injury until this de- trade demand happened. If they said this a week before the trade demand, I'd be like, oh, shit, that sucks. I guess I'm dropping my second overall pick in the draft this year. No, okay, or no, sorry, second round pick in the draft this year. No, oh, no, Jonathan Taylor is not, doesn't have a back injury. They're trying to make some, they're trying to pull some sketchy shit. Yeah, the Colts, I think always, the Colts have always run on some fucking sketchy shit. Yeah, even back Go. to the days when Ryan Grigson was a fucking GM. I think right now it's 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 lose lose on both ends. So for for Jonathan Taylor, he's he's on an off. He's coming off of an off year. His value is not going to be as high as it would have been if it was after twenty twenty one. Um, and the Colts are going to look at that and be like, we're not going to just take pennies for Jonathan Taylor. So it's uh, they're probably not going to find a trade that they're looking to get for him max value wise and then at the same time it's i think it's lose lose on the colts and they just lost zach moss so now they you kind of have to please jonathan taylor but also if i'm dalvin cook leonard fournette or ezekiel elliott being the top three running backs left on the waiver i'm looking at that situation like uh do i do i really want to play in indianapolis after the colts um owners treating their star their best offensive player of the last three or four seasons like how they are right now especially with the petty shit with the injury um non-injury list that they're threatening to throw him on so if i'm a free agent running back i'm looking at that organization like i don't really want to play for you guys right now and you know if i'm jonathan taylor i'm like well you're not going to trade me because you're not going to get the max value for me that you would have a year ago or so and so please me and let me come back and uh, let's see what we can do I don't think he's going to get moved. Um, if, if if he gets moved, maybe at the deadline, maybe. I don't think anything's going to happen anytime, anytime soon for him. All right. I mean, the best, the weirdest thing is we still have multiple running backs available, like that are available for signing the Colts. Because now, you know, Zach Moss is done until November. So. Well, I, 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 I think another interesting planning. aspect of like, you know, this entire situation is like, I feel like people are forgetting that Anthony Richardson is going to come in and, and take up about, you know, I don't know, 10, 15, 20% of the rushing yards that Jonathan Taylor would already have. You know, this dude is essentially Lamar Jackson with, with a Josh Allen type arm. Um, so he's going to account for a decent portion of the rushing game. You know, Jonathan Taylor's not going to, to me, with Anthony Richardson in that office, I, I, I think that 1,500 yards is his absolute max ceiling. You know, I, I don't see anything more than that. There's just no way. I'm so, actually surprised that um, that Lenny Lenny Fournette isn't getting a lot of calls from anybody. He's, I mean, the he's whole. I, I swear, he just wants another ring. He's waiting. 
He's gonna see if like a team, let's say like Philly, like Penny goes down or fucking Gainwell, and they just need a guy or, to punch um, the ball in. Buffalo okay, just lost nine times. Or they call, yeah, or the bill, like, the freaking Bills need another back to back go with uh, James Cook. There's multiple guys, like multiple slots, who he's probably just waiting to see how camp goes. Dal- and he'll in- also he's right waiting for Dalvin Cook because he's still Kareem Hunt on the market. Everyone forgets he's still there. Yeah. You know who forgot about all four of those running backs was the the freaking Los Angeles Rams signing Royce Freeman when Sony Michelle went down. Like you chose Royce Freeman out of Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, and Zeke Elliott. Well, Royce is cheaper. Royce can catch the ball. Royce runs hard. Royce is very, he's Royce not is a very terrible running back. It's just he was an average back. Then they drafted Javante Williams. No, I'll talk about the Rams. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're yeah, correct. Yeah, you're correct. Broncos, yeah, he was a decent running back for them. Then they drafted Williams and whoop, up, up, no more yeah. Royce. I think you could have got Kareem Hunt for. Yeah, it's not, it's not going to be pennies, but it's not going to be expensive. One year deal. I also think I think Kareem Hunt still has that stigmatism on him. I, I just that's just like my personal plan. Like you know, like somebody's asked me why they haven't signed Kareem Hunt yet because Kareem Hunt's twenty-seven years old, still runs hard. Only really had one bat, even minor. He's had like minor injuries, nothing major. Like Jason thing- needs to just shut up and play. How how about that? Jesus Christ, Fox News, relax. How, how about it, dude? How about that? Oh my god. I mean, like, dude, like your Patriots could be the one to get him. Why are you complaining right now? Be, dude, because I, I I think he's unproven. That that's my you know, and I don't I don't mean to defend anything that Jim Ursay is saying because I think a lot of it is is crossing a lot of boundaries that you can't say as an owner. Uh, about a player right saying that you would be better off if this guy was dead you know is absolutely not the right way to go about things but at the same time it's like this is a contract year for you man you know regardless of your injury sort of stuff last season if you would have had just an average year last year this is a make or break year make or break season any way you want to cut it um you know, he stinks it up this year, and he's probably not re-signing. And, he, and he's having to walk and figure it out on his own. But Or if know, the Colts are if the Colts are like 3-6 and six at the deadline, and this guy's already got right. like, you know, 1,100 yards rushing, something insane, then I'm like, yeah, somebody might, a contender might flip you a high-end draft pick for, you know, Jonathan Taylor if he's right. got like a 900,000 rushing yards and like 300 receiving yards or something like that. Right. Yeah, I, I just my my takeaway is that I feel like he does not have enough bargaining power after stinking it up last year, and and the team sucked. Like, and and you know that's for a number of reasons. Not all of them are his fault, but I think, regardless of the fact, I I think it's stupid that he even came to the front office and asked for a contract extension when you've had one good season. Because that I think that is. You know, if you're the Colts front office, right, that is your sort of reasoning behind why this is this is even a ridiculous conversation is because you're on your rookie deal. You're cheap for us right now. And and despite the injury stuff, you've had one good year. You've had one good year, period, end of story. You got to, you know, bring more to the table than just one good season. I want to be paid like uh, Derrick Henry or McCaffrey or Josh Jacobs. Can't make that argument after having one good season. You could also argue Josh Jacobs had one amazing season. I mean, everything very, else very he's, he's he's had. I won't. I'm not going to discredit Josh Jacobs. He's been a very good running back when he's healthy. That's just the problem is that he's he puts up great numbers when he's healthy, but he he's known to miss some time with injuries. So Actually, last year was his breakout year. His rookie year, Jonathan Taylor was still a good. He was still a great back. He ran for a thousand yards and only 232 carries. 11 touchdowns like he had two good years the thing is just he had one bad year last year because that offensive line was abysmal and he couldn't stay on the field because he was so banged up i think the thing is with taylor is that he doesn't want to go through that again this year without a guarantee he's going to have a contract i completely get it i think the thing too is that if you've seen you've seen second 
contract running backs. Like you've seen Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, guys like that get paid, and you've seen them produce absolute shit on their second contract. And now it sucks because I think running backs are obviously a very important position in the NFL. They're not as it might not be as highly important as it used to be. Like when you play fantasy, you would just immediately jump on all the running backs the first couple rounds because it was just so loaded. Now it's slim pickings, but. I mean, they're looking at that like these guys, especially Zeke and Le'Veon, just performed like absolute shit on their yeah. second round of their contracts. Now, I mean, NFL owners are like, I'm not paying this guy big right. bucks. I think it's, there's a way to predict this, actually. Look at running backs who are overused in college. I'm talking high mileage tread on the tires. Look at a guy like Miles Sanders who didn't even start till senior year. He's probably going to have another two, three good years with the Panthers because he started for one fucking season in Penn State. You have other guys. Um, who was the other one? Royce, Royce Freeman, I think, is a little more trend the tires. Talked about earlier. He started for four years in Oregon, but he was in a back rotation at Oregon. A lot of those Oregon backs can play a little longer because they're able to rotate. John the Stewart fucking played for twenty fucking years because he rotated carries. A lot. Of, Todd Gurley was the only back in that backfield that got 95% of those carries at Georgia. Jonathan Taylor was weird because they had guys behind him. He also sat behind Melvin Gordon and Monty Ball. So, I mean, he maybe not Monty Ball, but I know Melvin Gordon at least. So, at the end of the day, he has less trouble. Derrick Henry's another one. He had to sit behind him. TJ Yeldon, or not Yeldon. Um, he had to sit behind Cheeseburger Eddie, I believe. Oh, yeah, I was going to say like Eddie a, yeah, and a bunch of other backs. A lot of these running backs who make it to their second contract, not named Adrian Peterson, were low mileage guys in college. Well, and and I, I was just about to bring up Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry now, I don't know what his contract situation is. You guys would probably know this better than me. Twelve million guaranteed left this year, or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, it's like th- this dude has consistently performed with minimal injury. This, you know, you can count on this dude to pretty much give you a full season and, and you know, give you 1,300 yards, 1,500 yards every single season and be your three-down guy. Um, I, I think he is the only guy that you can say in the past five years that, that has done that on a consistent basis and is reliable in the department of this guy's not going to get injured. And, and that's, that's incredibly rare because you think about guys like McCaffrey. McCaffrey's always injured. Um, I mean, I, Josh Jacobs, like, like like you said, Matt, he's got injury troubles. Jonathan Taylor, last year, injury troubles. Um, Derrick Henry is a is a rare breedy. I think he's underappreciated because the last couple yes. of years he's been getting injured, but. He he! A couple years ago, he was hurt after like week I don't know, week nine, week ten. He missed yeah, like five he weeks. He was on pace to run for like twenty five hundred yeah. yards. But he was he for like the five or six weeks that he didn't play, he was still in the top five for most rushing yes. yards in the league. Yeah, yes. And it was twenty twenty one. It was twenty twenty one. He made it back for the end of the season. He wasn't the and same they, player. They lost to the Bengals. It was the year that yeah, the Bengals went to the. That Super was the Zach Mc, Zach McMoney game. Yeah, and he he, was like he just like that's the difference. He's just he's a different breed, but he's also fucking alien. He he is your offense. He is your offense, and there and there's really not another running back in the NFL right now where it's just like we are gonna run the ball down your throat, and and that is the game plan. You know the Titans have done that. Ah, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Yeah, but it's just like I, I think from a consistent basis, right? You know, the well, Browns- I mean, now it's only him. There's no Kareem Hunt anymore. This is Stefanski's put up or shut up here. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. When you put it like that, yeah, that's fair. Who's even his help back there? Like- I don't even think they. I think they signed like some like back end. Run- Let me check. Matt, who's usually that? this who's is that, your Matt? point of view. I'm gonna. I'm gonna oh, I was Matt, saying like who? Who's are you talking even about Cleveland or Tennessee? Cleveland. Cleveland. Oh, I don't even know. I'm sure they took someone in this draft, but I mean, I I know, I just know that Tennessee took oh. the kid out of Tulane, and and now people are worried about you know Henry's, you know, target share. Nobody is a back. They got Demetric Felton, Nate McCarry, John Kelly, Hassan Hall, and Jerome Ford. Those are Nick Chubb's backups. Not even like I mean like I think Dearness Johnson would have even right, been right, a nice right. little that, number two. 
Jesus. Yeah. So they are they are they are pretty much telling everyone that he you know. Isn't Jerome Felton a fullback? Yeah, I think that's right, Matt. Yeah. I think he's a fullback. Yeah, no, but it's just like. Well, what was the uh, <clears throat> what was the team we were talking about before Chubb? Um, with Tennessee, Tennessee, the thing is with Tajay Sharp, he's a good running back. Well, he's but, he, the but he's exact a shifty guy. Opposite he's, of Derrick Henry, right? He's the perfect change of pace. I don't think Henry's getting breaking his carries record this year. No, but I think that carries that you're Derrick Henry's still good for a 50, maybe fourteen hundred yards and fifteen touchdowns. Yeah, he's still going to be a Sharp. great fantasy option. Um, but it, but it's just like yeah, you know, Sharp's going to be or I think his name is Spears, TJ Spears, Tajay Spears, Tajay Spears. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. he's gonna he's he's gonna be a guy on third and long that they you know option out right, and and he you know they're gonna. He's throw their Antonio back. Gibson. He's their Antonio Gibson. That's what he is. Yeah. He's just going to be that receiving type back who's got a little wiggle, good decent straight line speed. And I'm I'm telling you right now, the Titans offense, like I, we talked about this on our under show on Thursday, I'm like flipping. Like I don't know if I want to give eight or twelve or t- eight or ten wins right now because. Like, if Traylon Burks progresses, like, I watched him last year against my Eagles. He was beating our, he was beating Bradbury. And then Marcus Epps broke his sternum with one of the hardest hits I'd seen since, like, my childhood. Um, well, by the way, he hung on to that touchdown, by the way. But, like, do, like Traylon Burks may be a great number two with Hop, who's already looking like he's fitting in. And Tannehill or Levis, doesn't matter. That's not a terrible offense. And then they got that tied in that that people are really high on in fantasy. I forget, I don't know how you say. His I can't name, remember but... his fucking name either, but I know Vrabel's yeah. offense loves tight ends. That's why it's like he's going to put up numbers. They're, they're oh, a sleeper man for a wild card spot. I really they, feel like I, if, I think if, they honestly are. Like I think if, they, if Henry like, comes back normal, if Tannehill can literally be serviceable like he was two years ago. When they were it's the one hypothetical because Tannehill could be shit and then Levis could struggle, or Levis could come in week four or five and light it the fuck huh. up. Right? Yeah. I don't. I don't even think I can attempt to pronounce this name. Yeah. Ch- I, Chagosium, Chagosium Oconquo. Yes, that's it. Whew. I think they just call him Chig. That makes sense. Yeah. No. Uh, so like, that's my thing about this. Like the Titans. Yeah. AFC South's fucking weird. Like yeah. I like. It's like you're, you're going to win both win. games. You're going to win both win games versus Indy. You know, everyone's yeah. sweeping Indy. But, yeah, the Texans yeah. are not going to be an easy out like they have been the past three years. Like, that's like not I think Jacksonville is going to go 5-1 in that division. They're going to lose either a close one to Tennessee or Houston, not both. I think they're still going to win this game with 12, 12 wins. I think Peterson and them boys, I think Calvin Ridley is what makes that offense fucking deadly. Like, they might light teams up by 30. Because Christian Kirk is an amazing number two receiver. People are not talking about how fucking loaded this Jacksonville offense is. And it's starting to crack. When we do our football preview in two weeks with, uh, I think we do our fir- AFC first, we do NFC afterward. Um, I think we're bringing on, I think, Jay Smith for one of them. He might be only doing our college. I don't know what the fuck we're doing. August is, our pre- is preview month. So, um, on Tuesdays. Thursdays, we just have fucking fun. But... When I was looking at the Jaguars roster, I think it was like yesterday. I was like fucking around looking at rock, like Jacksonville play. So we have me and Matt and oh, Mason. Obviously, I gotta add you to this. I don't know if you have sleeper or not. We ha- we're we are now part of the uh, the corner the belly of sports fantasy team. So me and Matt are already in. I think the draft is Sunday the twenty seventh. So literally, I do the draft and leave for vacation. I literally leave right after the draft's over. Uh, but I was looking at guys and I'm like, oh my god, the Jags fucking lineup is loaded like they literally could win 12 games and it's and their schedule is not hard so i'm starting to get this weird feeling that like it's going to be jacks it's gonna look like last year's nfc east where jacksonville jaguars are the the eagle-ish like team where they're just way ahead then you have the titans or the titans kind of like the cowboys ish like they're good they're gonna be a wild card but how good are they then you have that fucking annoying ass team who just kind of hangs around like the Giants. That would be the Texans. Then you have the bottom feeders, the the fucking Colts, who are going to be a lot worse than the, the Washington Commanders. So 
Now, the AFC South is fucking real. Everyone from Jonathan Taylor to running backs in general hmm. to the a- AFC South. That's why I fucking love the show. We're a half hour in. We've only touched one topic, and this is beautiful. Yeah, the Texans this year are going to be the lines of last year, I think, in the sense of they're going to be in every game. They're going to give it a hard fight. And, you know, if they lose the, the games I think they'll lose, I, th- I think it's, it could be within 7 to 10 points at max. I think they're going to be a scrappy team this year. All right. Yeah, I mean, Whoops. it's – Go, mate. Yeah, fi- closing point. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Matt. I think if Stroud is, is you know, how they've bigged him up to be – you know, they'll be great. Uh, Damian Pierce is going to come back, you know, healthy. You know, Mechie, I'm sure you guys have been seeing that clip of Mechie just absolutely. looks like he's cooking. Yeah, he, he cut whoever that was up in practice up. Um, I'm try- I feel like I'm missing like a free aid. Oh, oh, Dalton Schultz, you know, they've got And Dalton they also have Schultz. those two giant-ass receivers that like nobody yes. ever talked. They need oh, yeah, Nico Collins. Nico Collins and that other dude with like two last names. Westbrook Akine. Oh, yeah. Like, they That's just have my... two big-ass receivers, and then yes. they have John Mechie in the middle. Oh, and they have Tank, uh, Tank what's-his-face? Yeah, Tank, Tank Dell or something. Tank Dell. Yes. Yeah, so, like, they have, like, a, it's the most underrated offense ever, and then they have the Derrick Henry 2.0 and, Jonathan, and Damian Pierce. So... The dude just runs so fucking angry, and it makes me happy. I'm so happy he's my set number two running back this year. So, like, on paper, my team makes a whole lot of sense because my receivers are my starting receivers are Ridley and Amon Ross and Brown. My running backs are Taylor and Pierce. And my tight ends in Joku. Like, I don't have a bad team. And then it's a bunch of Hail Mary shots like Mike Thomas and Sky Moore and Cordero Patterson, like I just threw a bunch of waivers out on high upside, medium downside guys, and I said, "Fuck it, we're going home, we're going broke this year." Because I took <laughs> Hurts in the first round, and I'm like, "This oh, man, man won me my goddamn league last year." So I, I had like the tenth pick, like the ninth pick. There's nobody, like it was too early to draft some guys. It was too late to draft others, and I maybe reached on Jonathan Taylor, but I was like, you know what? I think he's gonna have a great season. So either way, all right. Let's talk quick NFL notes. Um, the Eagles and the Jets debuted their new throwback uniforms. I am, of course, biased. The Kelly Green Eagles uniforms came as expected. They look fucking gorgeous. They bro- Eagles fans actually stopped, like broke Fanatics and NFLShop.com today trying to get those jerseys. I will probably wait until middle or end of the season to buy one. I'm thinking Hassan Reddick or Nolan Smith have not decided yet. Uh, or J- Jalen Carter. I'm going to get a Jalen Hurts jersey in the traditional green because I am tradition is tradition. Um, I love the Jets unis. I love the uh, New York Sack Exchange, Matt. Your thoughts on the jerseys? Um, I like them. You know, at first I was uh, I was 50-50 on them. I'm just not a fan of, like, all white jerseys. I, I kind of wish that they were going to do those throwback ones that they did, but in the green with the white lettering. Um, I'm not a big fan of the stripes on the shoulder pads and everything. But, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it, it's a very clean jersey. I've seen some people wearing it, like, on Good Morning Football, and it looks really nice when you can actually see it displayed on somebody. Um, so I like them a lot after having some time to digest it all. Um, I will say I think the Eagles have the best ones, and I think it's followed up by Seattle. And um, so I, I am a big fan of those jerseys, and um, I'm happy with mine. I'm looking forward to weeks one and four when they uh, play those. Mace, thoughts on those two jerseys from our two teams? The Eagles are fire, man. I, I, I think the Jets is a little bit disappointing. Uh, I think they could have done a little more here. Um yeah, I, I mean, think, but the Eagles is just like, I mean, those are great. Those are just, you know, that, I mean, that's all you can me, really it say It makes about me them. happy. They're, yeah. They, no, they're, literally, they're literally, they literally just took the jerseys from the 80s and just put current Jet, current uh, Eagles players in numbers, like the names and, and numbers made, in the back. They modernized and they made them sleep. But yeah, but it just, they didn't like, try the Jets. To break the mold. They did the same thing that the, the they, they took the formula that the the they did the same formula that the Seahawks did and just said hey these uniforms that are universally loved let's slap a new coat let's get, like let's put some uh slap a new coat of paint on it 
keep it the same, make it a little leaner looking, and damn, it sold out. I think the Jets just went a little too safe. Like, I like them, and I, I wish they were in the green. That really would have sold me if it was that nice. Maybe they didn't do the green because Philly was doing the green, but, like, those nice, like, Kelly Green 80s I jerseys really I would have loved. I get rid of their black jerseys because those are so loved among the fans. Mm. Those even yeah. all black. Listen, the black helmets was kind of, like, kind of anticlimactic. They were cool, but I saw them in person. But, like, I really hope they do, like, also, I hate the NFL's policy where you can only do two alternate uniforms per season. Like, I really hope they do one one blackout game because, like, the blackout game against the Packers was sick. It was cool. I actually enjoyed it. Um, quick, other quick notes. No news on Dalvin Cook. Uh, there was a, was a stupid tweet you showed me before, Matt, about the guy saying something about a wedding. Yeah. Or so... Yeah, so the the guy who owns this sports agency that I believe, because I looked it up, and on his page under football, Dalvin Cook is the first person that pops up. So I believe his agency represents Dalvin Cook, and the guy was pretty much saying, "Hey, hey like you're, this is my best friend. He was in my, he was my best man at my wedding. No way he's gonna let his guy Dalvin Cook go to New York." And he pretty much quoted it and was like, with like a shrugged shoulders, like we'll see. And I'm not, you know, I Jets fans. Let's take a step back. Cook is not a need. It is a very flashy, exciting yeah, go want. Get like, go get Clowney. Go get a fucking edge rusher. So, but you, you don't, you know, with, you got Bam Knight, you got Michael Carter, and you have the rookie running back Izzy that you drafted. It's not a necessity to add a running back to the backfield. Like, you still have quality guys behind Brees Hall. It would be exciting. But, like, if, if the deal doesn't get done... Jets Nation should not throw their hands in the air like this is going to be a lost season. Dalvin Cook has said that he wants to go home and talk to his family before he makes any decision. He does not sound like he's in a rush to make a decision. And my only thing is that the Jets have a tendency of just being very too patient and letting guys take their time to make the decision, letting somebody else swoop in and kind of steal it from under them. So I have a feeling this could be a same scenario where they just they lose another big time guy, but. We'll see what happens. I don't anticipate a, a, a decision anytime soon from Dalvin Cook. Fair enough. All right, uh, let's get quickly track on these ones. Uh, no news on Zeke either. There's only a Patriots rumor now, but I'm not really going to play a stock. Uh, on that he one went yet. on a. He looked like he went on a date with Mac Jones. They were sitting next to each other at the a table of four. I love that. I love that couple. Um, I really don't give a fuck about this Sean Payton, um, Denver, and oh, Jets. Man, I was loving it. Week five, it's just stupid. It's like the Broncos are going to finish in last place. They're going to get railroaded by the fucking uh, by the goddamn Jets. It's 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 not. It's like kind of like he's just trying to make it something that's not. Sean Payton's going to have a rough season. This is going to be his growing pain season, where he's going to have to realize how like Jerry Judy's a glorified two, Javante Williams is a, is a running back one, but they have nothing else in that offense. He's not going to be healthy. That defense is aging. They spent too much money in the wrong spots. The, the Broncos are going to have like six or seven wins this year. They may have eight because Russ may have a good game or two because he started looking like Russ after they got rid of Hackett. But it was also against bad teams. Let's also remember that. All well, right. They also lost their third and fourth receiver today. Tim yeah. Patrick is uh, expected to have torn his Achilles. Jerry Judy in Cortland yeah. Sutton. They waived KJ Hamler for medical non-football related issues with a swelling of the tissue around his heart. So they waived him, and uh, Tim Patrick is going to miss his second season with a torn Achilles. Oh, Jesus Christ! Any other football news, Mace? Anything you want to throw in before we talk a little baseball? Do not want to talk about the supposed Elliott addition to my team. Uh, that makes me sick. It's like, the, uh, it's like flashback, it, Matt, when you said he's going to the Eagles, and I said I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, 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 I told, be... I told Mason. I think at this point, if you just bring back Damian Harris, I think that would be more of a that would even be a better alternative, just because at least you oh, can rely on him oh, health wise. Oh, he did go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he. Yeah, but but well, yeah. He... I mean, it's just it's just depressing, man. Like, you know, you had the chance at Hopkins. I mean, we talked about this, Matt, uh, yesterday. Yeah. But it's like you had the chance at Hopkins. You know, it seemed like you were in the mix for Cook. Both of those ships have sailed. And, and now it's like, great. You know, you're looking at Ezekiel Elliott, whose, you know, better days are way past him. Um, and, and so it's just like, I mean, what are we doing? 
what you know what what is the you know i i have faith in bill o'brien i think bill o'brien is is gonna make the offense look better than matt patricia did but you know how much better i don't know uh given the pieces that he has to work with so hot take hot take if bill if bill belichick threw the money at deandre hopkins and gave dalvin cook a one or two year deal with RB one money, the New England Patriots would win at least ten games. Minimum, dude. Minimum. You know, you're 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 in the mix when you're playing. T- I mean, you're in the mix when you're playing all of the divisional games. Uh, that that's six of your games right there. You know, let's take a. I, I know we've got the Eagles on the schedule. That's probably a loss. Um, Come on, baby. Let's let's see who else. You know, you got the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Bills, Dolphins, Commanders. That's a win. Giants, Colts, Chargers, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, Jets. I mean, a lot of those games are winnable. But but you know, now when you don't have a, a go-to WR one who can take over a ball game, and uh, you know, Ramondre is great. I, I think Ramondre is awesome. Um, he's a Sooner, but you know. He's not the type of guy who's going to take over a football game. He's not Derrick Henry, right? He's not going to rush for 200 yards and give you three touchdowns. It's not going to happen. Um, and so it's just it's a very frustrating time. Uh, I, I wish they would be a little bit more aggressive in the draft and free agency. I've been saying this for years now since Brady left, but who knows, yeah, man? It's... Maybe it's going to take you know firing Bill O'Brien or uh, Bill Belichick to really kind of start from square one and and uh you know really start fresh right i i really don't know what the answer is at this point they're they're a fringe team they're one injury on offense away from just combusting exactly matt well you know it's it's why i I can't wait i can't wait till september man this is why i love summer because i go on vacation and it's week one of college football. Then I get back, I have to go two days or one day, and it's fucking pro football season. Mm. I, I love we it. Had, uh, we got football this, in three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, because my fucking truck is so high up, I got bumped off of my exit uh, ticket off the vineyard. So now I am not leaving till Wednesday night at Eight fucking thirty. It's a three and a half hour drive, and I gotta open up the office at seven a.m. Um, I'm waitlisted for the day before, which is gonna suck. I literally may just go park my car in the t- in the town where I have to go get my uh my boat, and just drink, and then just sober up, and then drive home. Like literally, just drink. Then go walk around, run some errands, maybe go to an internet cafe, return some emails, do some stuff for my actual job. And then I may just get in my, my truck, sit on the ferry, drive until 1130 at night and get up like it was nothing. I have a weird feeling that's how my Wednesday is going to work. So, um, but yeah, no. And then Thursday morning, I wake up. Football, baby. Opening day. It is nice. It, it, it's why I love the end of the summer, man. And also week one of college football um, baseball, guys, tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Mason's time, um, we have trade deadlines. So right now, uh, my, my Snakes finally made a move. They went out and got the closer from the Seattle Mariners, whose name I still cannot pronounce correctly. Um, oh, Sewold. Paul Sewold. They call him Paul. They call him the Iceman, apparently, because he's just, just got a nasty breaking ball or something. Uh, either way, I love it. Great trade. We needed a closer. Um, in Seattle, we gave them Josh Rojas, who has been back and forth from minor league, from the minor leagues twice this year, and Dominic Canzone, who only came up because one of our our uh, outfielders just was striking out too much. And a guy who wasn't even going to play in our offense. So, honestly, great trade for us. Apparently, we're not done. Uh, apparently, we're going out to get somebody else. The only thing I hope is if we don't get another bat, can we bring up Jordan Lawler and put him at third base? That is my request. The kid is our number one prospect. He was an all-star shortstop. He can play third for a couple games. He's got the pop. All things looking up for snakes. 
put all things looking up for the goddamn Rangers. Holy shit. Oh my god, Mason, I know I feel the fucking Dodgers every year. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, this is the same spot that, that uh, you know, the Patriots are in, right? It's like you've got an in-division rival. For the Patriots, that's been the Jets. And for the Astros, this is the Rangers now. Uh, making serious moves. Serious moves. Uh, you know, first it was the Scherzer move. Next it was the Jordan Montgomery move from uh, St. Louis. It was, um, and, oh, and, and Chris Stratton, too, who's another solid middle reliever. Yeah, so so they're loading up on pitching. The offense has been one of the best in the in the in the game so far this year. Uh, we'll see if that continues, uh, you know, later this fall, into the summer, later this fall. I don't the know. The fucking Angels are making moves now. Like they're going to get C.J. Cron and Randall Grishka. I mean, thank you for making the making the Rockies an easy out. The only guy who can hit runs off the Diamondbacks is fucking Cron. So it's great. But, but, but like, yeah, it's just it, it's frustrating to see the front office of my team sit on the, you know, sit and just, you know, watch it pass them by. Um, I, I did read probably 10 minutes ago that they're that they're trying to work with New York to get uh, Verlander back. But I mean, that contract just sucks. I mean, it sucks. So it's, it's really not team friendly when you've got extensions for Framber coming up, Kyle Tucker. Bregman, you know, you've got several people that you need to resign. Christian Javier is another guy who's coming up. These are all people that are that are really instrumental to the team having extended success past, you know, this year and next year, right? Um, I don't understand where the fucking Cubs are buying. Can somebody explain this to me right now? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I saw that. I mean, I, I you know the other the other topic too, uh, Jared is the Dodgers are making moves too. You know the Lance Lynn move. You got Kike and um, Joe Kelly and Lance Lynn. Yeah, I mean it's not which, it's, which it's all, all pretty of, solid. They did you know what they did they didn't go out and get anybody huge. They went and got supporting cast because they're miss. This is the weirdest Dodgers team ever. They're winning games, but they're not doing it in the Dodger way. They're just kind of winning because they're beating a bunch of bad teams and they're just kind of just beating them how they beat them. Oh, another move, by the way, broke after he started. Um, Connecticut native and former D-back A.J. Pollock is on his fourth team in four years now, as he is now a member of the San Francisco Giants. Fucking traitor. I hate A.J. Uh-huh. Pollock more and more because when he signed with the Dodgers, and then he then goes and gets traded to the Giants. And we, Oh, I hope one of our guys fucking beans him this weekend, please. Just in, like, the butt or the hip or something. Just tag him. The, um... Yeah, the Mets are sellers, like we mentioned. Scherzer's gone. Mark Canna's gone. David Robertson's gone. David Robertson went to the Marlins, which was I was a little surprised they went in division with that. But the Rangers are looking nice. I believe they added Jordan Montgomery and Max Scherzer to that rotation. Um, I believe Evaldi's on the 15-day IL, but when he comes back, that's not a bad 1-2-3 punch um, after he lost it to Jacob DeGrom. Um, so they're going for it. I, I think it's going to be between, obviously, Houston and Texas for that division. Um I just it's hard to not say it, it, it'll be Houston. I just I think they'll find a way to just kind of take it at the end. But and, the, and, and we do have another three game series in September. It's in yeah. Dallas, unfortunately. But you know, so so and we all know. I mean, dude, you know, you play the Athletics. They're horrible, right? Their, their season yeah. has been over before the season even started. They're they're you know not trying to win any ball games. LA's, you know, trying to gun for a wild card spot, likely not going to happen. Um, and, and Seattle sucks. Seattle's been a, a massive letdown this year. So, you know, like I, I'm with you, Matt. I, I, I would like to say that the Astros get the nod here, but I mean, Texas is being very aggressive. They're being extremely aggressive, and, and you know, we've moved for for Kendall Graven. We've moved for a reliever bullpen guy who was actually with us, uh, was it two years ago or last year? I can't remember. One of the two. He, he's been with us before, and we didn't want to pay him, so he moved on. But um, I, I don't even I don't even know how much I really like the Verlander move. I, I think Justin Verlander is another solid starter that upgrades your rotation. But, you know, this isn't the Justin Verlander from two years ago that won the Cy Young. Um, 
you know, this guy is is his better days are behind him. He's not getting any better, and, and he has not been fully healthy this year. So I don't know what the what the price would be on him. I don't want to take on the contract. I, I said that earlier, but hey, man, you know they feel like they're in the in the World Series window still. So hey, why not have at it? Is this is just gonna be now. So, so you know what's crazy is tomorrow is gonna be even more nuts because right now we're recording this obviously Monday night. Or apparently the Dodgers aren't done, Astros aren't done, Diamondbacks aren't done, Blue Jays who got Jordan Hicks apparently aren't done. A lot of teams I, I are gonna he, go up. So reported like my snakes apparently want a bat. So like I'm waiting for them to call Matt Yankees about Gliber because honestly he'd fit perfectly in that lineup. We need a th- Emmanuel Rivera who's a great utility player is not a starting third baseman. And Longo is as old as fucking third. He's a DH at best. So maybe Gliber Torres might be the, or Gliber, Gliber, uh, Torres. Whatever, he might be a perfect fit for us. Or apparently there's other bullpen help the teams need. I think tomorrow's going to be even more nuts because now that the kind of the first round has been settled now, and the craziest part is a lot of these teams didn't even give us the best prospects that they had to move. So like, Everyone was waiting for Arizona to make a bad move and trade, like you know, the rights to Waller or Drew or uh, Drew Thomas or some like other big name guys. The best guy they gave up was Drew uh, was Bliss, who's third in their or fourth in their shortstop depth chart now, fifth now that they just drafted another guy in the first round that shared a Stanford. So it's like the guy was going to not go anywhere. They have Perdomo at the other hot of uh, the other middle of the infield position. Not Perdomo. They have Perdomo and they have Waller and they have Marte up top. All uh, Perdomo All Star Marte has made All Stars before MVP candidate a few years ago. I like the trade for that's I think it was the best one of the night. It's not even fan bias. I'm just looking more and more I'm like the worst thing they gave up was Josh Rojas, who was going to get demoted again the second um, Longoria came back off the IL. Every and I mean the Montgomery trade was pretty easy going because it was just like they didn't really have to give up much at all. I think nobody really got fleeced yet. The Michael Lorenzen thing is interesting apparently because reportedly he's cleared out his locker for the uh, for the Tigers. He's done. Like he's gone home. He's packing up his shit because the Tigers inform him he's going to be traded tomorrow. So he's done. I'm just interested to see who pulled the trigger. Because I would love to get Lorenzen to be like that fourth guy for us going down the stretch. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Any other reactions to the MLB uh, trade deadline before uh, tomorrow's big final day? Yeah, I, w- I would like for Hal Steinbrenner to be told that the deadline is tomorrow. Maybe he could do something. We're yeah, three games I, We're three we're games the behind boat, the wild. We're, we're, we're three the games. Boat, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure my team is at this moment three games behind a wild card spot. And they are just sitting pretty. Because this is what's going to happen. Two things are going to happen. Brian Cashman's going to make a move, and it's going to blow up in their face like they did the last handful of years, like Sonny Gray, Frankie Montas, Joey Gallo, something that's just not going to work. Or he's going to just sit tight and pretty and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm comfortable with what we have. The, you know, Nestor Cortez is going to come back. That's our that's our deadline move right there. I'm like, no. So it's just, it's just going to be a – I would be – Shocked if this team got to like 90, 92 wins. I think at this point, they. I hear Miami apparently is high on Glaber, but I guess the asking price is too high for him. Yeah, the thing is Miami, with Glaber, it's like they're gonna have to. They're gonna wait until four o'clock. They're gonna see if somebody fires off a last minute shot. They're gonna do what they did to Clint Frazier. They're gonna hold on to him until they just have to get rid of him, and then they're just not gonna get nothing. They're gonna just get nothing for him. It's gonna be one of those things where they just waste a guy that they can sell. Listen, I, I think the pigs two, get fed, hogs get slaughtered. That's it's always been that way of trading. I think the two teams that you gotta look out for tomorrow that we haven't talked about is is Boston and yeah, they're Cincinnati. shopping for Dugo. I think Cincinnati, you have to look out for. I mean, Cincinnati. Oh, Jonathan India. Well, I'm saying there's buyers. I mean, I was seeing. Oh, yeah. I don't think Boston's going to buy. The, oh, Boston's been shipping no. out stuff left and right. They're trying to sell Verdugo. Which I, I think they could get a decent return on him for because I, I think they could make a, pu- a push uh, for the wild for one of those back end wild card spots. But I think Cincinnati, you know, they could absolutely. Because I, like I was about to say, they, I was seeing a bunch of stuff saying, um, 
that it's between them and us for Verlander. Um, and I mean, with really? Ellie, man, they are they are totally. I feel like in the window, that dude is ridiculous. You're gonna get Verlander, and you'll have him in control for next year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's gonna come with a no trade, but I think Houston's gonna have no issue not trading Justin Verlander after he just won a side on with them. I'm keeping an eye on the Cincinnati Reds because apparently they're shopping Jonathan India or have been. So I mean, I don't, I don't know. That. Maybe that maybe that can be used in some sort of trade where they acquire a big name and that's just a name that they give up for him. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I'm assuming we all are on the same page that Ot- I heard when Arenado's not getting sold, but I'm assuming Otani is just definitely not getting moved. Oh, I, I yeah. The fact that not trading Arenado is, I think they're wasting their shot because he was he under contract for one more year, two more years. I thought he had a humongous. I thought he had like an eight or nine year thing. I thought it was seven, but he's been there for four years already. It's like or three years, four years, four years. Let me look. I don't know. Either way, it's like I'm. I'm <sighs> The Cardinals thing isn't working. I, I don't know. I They're a weird team to me because the problem is... In a in terrible division you, right now. In an awful division right now. Let's I know, but they're awful mind. for this year. Because the Pirates next year... Get they, get Nelson... Uh, what's what's his freaking name? They're, they're six foot eight shortstop. What's his fucking name? O'Neal Cruz. O'Neal, O'Neal Cruz. Cruz. Then they also get back more pitching prospects. They also get back more pieces... And then also the Reds are getting better. The Brewers are still there. And then the Cubs still apparently don't understand what they're doing. The Cardinals, I don't know what the hell to do. It's the weirdest division ever because no team is pulling away, but every team is getting better except for the Cardinals. Arenado will not be a free agent until 2028. Okay, so I stand corrected. I mean, I, that's still, that's still, you know, to me, that's appealing because I could make. Obviously, we already know he's thirty-two years old. He has plenty of time in his prime, and I, I make a move for him. You at least get him for another four or five years of control. Yeah, that's one person where I wouldn't mind like my team like throwing like a top uh, one of our top four prospects at. I'd be like, yes, go get us Arenado, put him at the hot corner, fix that position for three to four years. Let's go win a fucking chip. That, that's the way I look at it. If you're gonna go get Nolan Arenado, but like it's like, do you want to do that? But or I'll give you Stanton, and I'll give you sixty-five percent of his contracts and salary. Listen, we'll give you guys more of a pitching prospect. You just take about forty percent of that salary. We'll do it. Ah, man, I I've heard that, man. I'd be I I wouldn't be upset if they said we'll pay sixty-five percent or something is, like, like that. We're the one. I think Arizona's the one team that is never gonna go for. They have like so much outfield depth at prospects. I don't think they're ever going to trade for an outfielder again. There's no reason. They have five or six guys in their farm system that are all in the top 100, and they're, like, counting the guys on the field right now. They traded Canzone because he wasn't going to play because they just called Kyle Lewis back up, who was a rookie of the year, rookie of the year two years ago. And he's the fourth outfielder. So it's like it's, it's, a weird, it's weird when you're realizing the only positions your team will fill are um, – Third and pitcher, because they Arizona's kind of proved that they're like we love our guys at every other position. That's why we went on got Gabby Moreno. So they also Lourdes Goriel Jr. fucking all stars in that in that outfield as well. So Stan is not a free agent until twenty twenty nine. What is he? Be fifty? He's gonna be forty, forty one, around that. Jeez, man. Gotta love these thirteen-year uh, contracts. And yeah, gotta love, uh, gotta, gotta, gotta love baseball contracts. Gotta love, gotta love Brian Cashman for like going for living through the whole like. I I'm, I don't remember how long he. I thought he was around for a long time, but I mean the the uh, Alex Rodriguez ten-year contract. Then he got the Jacoby Ellsbury thing. Oh, and you think you so you think you would learn? And this man just fucking goes well, and I mean, gets. A Rod gave you guys everything he had. Oh no, I'm not upset at that. I'm just saying you would think after Jacoby Ellsbury, he would have learned his lesson with like mega contracts years wise with players at their age, and then he goes and gets trades for John Carlos Stanton, who is just not the Miami Stanton in this tiny ballpark. All right, fellas, anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here today? This is open season. Anything y'all want before we roll it out today for our return? By the way, folks. 
three weeks and season 10. 10 fucking seasons of the Corner Booth Podcast. Season 10 kicks off, I believe, August 20-something. I will get back to you. Also, be on the lookout for another edition of, of uh, Belly of After Dark hosted by your truly. That is my other show. Um, uh, for all you guys stopped by and checked out last week, I appreciate you. Uh, we got over 110 plus views in the first hour, which is fucking awesome for a show that just started. It didn't have much groundwork. It was very nice, and I appreciate it, John. I think we're up to 200 and something post view, post live. So um, that's not even counting Twitter views. It's just counting Facebook and uh, YouTube. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you enjoy your week. We will see you guys Thursday for another episode of the Quarter with Pregame. Um, and y'all have an awesome week. Deuces. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.